higher, baby. Higher, baby. Get higher, baby. And don't never come down, yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Uncanny Treks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland gathered here today to have a very important conversation with Matt about his drug habits. And (laughs) my lack of drug habits. I don't have any drug habits. (laughs) Through this intervention, we're framing it as a discussion of the movie Cocaine Bear. Matt, how the hell are you and that monkey on your back doing? I'm doing fine, Bob. So this morning, Bob, uh, my wife made uh, me coffee and I never drink coffee. Okay. Ever. Mm -hmm. Like she got an espresso machine. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but anyway, apparently you can make really good coffee. And Uh I had, I don't know. She said three shots. Is that a lot? That's a lot. Yeah. Shit. God, she's so bad about that. Like she'll put like too much of something in there. And now I'm just like wired and like ready to like talk about cocaine bears. One shot is. (laughs) <laughs> One shot is normal. Uh, two shots if you need to pick me up, and three shots if you've developed an astounding tolerance. Holy shit! I need to get onto her so bad. She does that. She likes to push it to like the extreme limit, like real fast. She doesn't slowly, like you know, increase. Like I probably should only have been on one shot, you know, for about a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah now I'm just yeah. starting on three shots, and I'm like ready to like break the wall down. <laughs> anyway, it's good stuff though. If you if you if so you did she just make you, did she just make you an americano? No, it's got like caramel and shit. She makes the good stuff, like Starbucks level oh, okay. shit. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's why we got it for her because she was spending so much at the Starbucks. I'm like, just make your own damn coffee. <laughs> but not really. No, it wasn't really like that. I just got it because she Matt, got Matt, Matt's <laughs> like, I need, I need more money for my bears. I mean, my yeah. cocaine bears. <laughs> I need more for my. For my anyway they uh i will i will say on on a similar on a note of sympathy i my budget got noticeably bigger when uh the beloved cafe near my uh near my uh, apartment closed down and i stopped going there almost every day for coffee and i just bought a coffee maker yeah but i talk like that like i like i told heather like shit i keep saying that i i got uh i talk like that like i you know needed my wife not to go buy coffee anymore but in the honest truth she she wanted an espresso machine i got it for and then she's like, oh, I love this. I won't have to go to Starbucks anymore. But she still goes to Starbucks like once a week. So there's that. Hey, once a week's better than uh, six times a week. Yeah, that's true. It's very true. But the coffee's <laughs> really good, though, that she makes with it. And I mean, nice. it's nice. But yeah. So if I sound a little more perkier than I usually am, Bob, that's what it is. <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Matt, we are uh, we are talking Cocaine Bear, uh, the, the cinematic masterpiece that is now streaming on Peacock. What were uh, your thoughts when I first suggested Cocaine Bear? So before you suggested us watching this film, I saw some of the trailers and the advertisements for it on because we have Peacock. And, you know, I love wrestling, Bob, and that's the real reason to own to uh, subscribe to the Peacock streaming service. That's uh, why the other friend I freeload off of for Peacock has it. So, Peacock is smart in doing that. Like they are brilliant. Whoever made that decision, they just made NBC and its affiliates tons of money. Um, yeah, but anyway, Pe- Pe- Peacock does it for wrestling and Paramount Plus for Star Trek. <laughs> they they know they're oh yeah, and they've hit both of us with that more. Well, hit me at least with both of those markets. So I saw the trailer and I thought this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. And then I saw that it was based on true events. apparently a bear really got a hold of some cocaine bob and yeah in in the georgia woods yes in the georgia woods which is where we are you know we originated from (laughs) 
yeah. which where yeah. I currently we live. live. We, 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 crawl, we crawled out of the Georgia woods. Yeah. I'm about 60 um, miles away right now from the uh, Chattahoochee Forest where this took place. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know if this is covered in the documentary. I've never seen the documentary, but do you know the alleged fate of the cocaine bear? No, Bob. Um, allegedly, the cocaine bear was uh, killed and taxidermied, and Waylon Jennings had the taxidermy of the cocaine oh, bear. Oh, shoot. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a really cool, like, I, I'm usually not into that kind of stuff, but that would be a really cool display. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm this not someone who hey, really cares for taxidermy, <laughs> but there's a story behind that one, at least, you know, other than I just shot the animal. <laughs> oh, when my, when my beloved cat goes, I'm totally getting her taxidermy. Oh, we had my wife's cat uh, cremated, which is equally strange, but still, yeah, I mean, I guess it's understandable. <laughs> There's actually we I have a dream of another friend of mine has a pit bull, and the dream is is that when I die, the cat die, and the pit bull dies, um, all three of us will get taxidermied, <laughs> and then we'll set up a scene in my friend's the, like the closet of my friend's apartment where the pit bull has the cat in her mouth, oh, and God. I'm yelling at the pit bull. <laughs> You want like a diorama to like leave up and you're like, is a memorial? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a weird ass way to have you memorialized <laughs> and not a statue. You want the taxidermy parts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I don't think that's happening, Bob. Sorry, but you know, it's good to dream. <laughs> no, no, it's, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. Okay. Excited. <laughs> Better write that in a will somewhere and put some money aside. I don't know how to tax. I don't even know how much a taxidermy, but is that the same as mummification? I mean, I guess it would be, wouldn't it? Same idea. No. Well, well you would be wrapped. I, yeah. I mean, I think it's like just emptying, emptying you out, you know, like, yeah, I guess like preserving the skin somehow on the, the, yeah. the, you know, ugh, okay. Anyway, Bob, let's get into this film. If uh, they can do, we've... if they can do it to a cocaine bear, Matt, they can do it to me. <laughs> They can do it to a not cocaine bear. <laughs> yeah, I guess they could. All right. Anyway, back. To, well, so, uh, Bob, this movie, surprisingly, was produced by Elizabeth Banks. Yes, yes. Produced and directed by uh, actress Elizabeth Banks. Uh, yeah, Which surprised me her? because she does not look like the type to want to do this type of film. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw her name on sprayed on there, I was like, that can't be the same Elizabeth Banks I know. Which are you, are you saying she's too pretty to find cocaine bear funny, Matt? Is that your position? <laughs> okay, Bob. Yes, Bob, you've trapped me in a corner. Yes. <laughs> she looks more like the type that would be like doing like, I don't know, some other type of film, you know, more like a, a romantic comedy or something, but you know, maybe I think I guess I think she does kind of have an affection for like trash 70s and 80s culture because she also uh, directed the recent Charlie's Angels, which I didn't see. But apparently some people liked it. She would be a really cool person to hang out with, I think. And that that just shows based on her like her her whole like everything she's been in. So to give you an idea, Elizabeth Banks, in case you're not familiar with her, she was the voice of Wild Side in the Lego movie, which if you've seen the Lego movies, you know who Wild Side is main character. She was the mom in Brightburn, which I brought up in a previous podcast. That's the Superman movie where the horror Superman movie where he like is a kid who develops the powers, but then immediately starts burning people up with his heat vision. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) She was Rita Repulsa in the uh, failed Power Rangers movie reboot in like 2017, 18, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. 
She played the, uh, she was one of the newscasters in the Pitch Perfect films. She had a really funny okay. role there. But most importantly, Bob, she hosts uh, Pressure Luck, the first couple of seasons of that, which is a what really is good Luck? game show. It's a oh, game it's a show, show with the okay. uh, whammies. Remember the little red things that would like take your money if you hit one? Like you, the, you'd have a board and it, the little box would go around the board. And you'd have to stop it on something. And if you stopped it on a whammy, you'd lost all your money. I no idea what you're talking about, but I'm glad you had a good description for our listeners. Damn, Bob. Pressure look, good show. Anyway, it's a remake of it's a remake of an older like game show from the early okay. nine, late eighties okay. or maybe even nice. late seventies. I don't know. Huh. I mean, again, that would fit in like a lot of her stuff seems kind of more nostalgia oriented. Although that also just is the movie industry. <laughs> maybe Elizabeth Banks is living in the eighties, like we're living in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so speaking of good shows, Matt, did you watch uh, the Americans on FX? I did not, Bob. Is it on Hulu? It's- uh i don't know probably i mean it most fx stuff is on hulu but not all fx stuff i think i've seen it like on there yeah it's really worth watching man it's one of the best shows of the last decade um it's not it it never like fully makes the leap from good to great if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like it has great moments but i i i I can never call the show itself like great but it's still it's still a very good show no crazy cliffhanger in season one bob is that the problem (laughs) Um, that's what makes the, way great, they, right? the way they tend to structure the seasons, as I remember, was kind of a problem. And it was one of those shows that maybe went on a little too long. Yeah, but that's, that's most shows. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's a really good show. And uh, three of the most prominent actors from that show, uh, which is also set in the 80s, like Cocaine Bear, mm-hmm. um, are, are in Cocaine Bear. So uh, Matthew Reese is the male lead. He's the cocaine smuggler and the opener of Cocaine Bear who, you know, accidentally knocks himself out and dies in a fall from his plane. Yeah. And then. Carrie Russell is the other mama bear, the nurse who's the uh, who's looking for her daughter through most of the movie. She's the female lead in the Americans and she's great in the Americans. Uh, That's it's a it's one of her best roles. And then uh, the great Margot Martindale, who plays the horny park ranger. um, She's in she's a great character in the Americans. She's the handler of uh, Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell for a lot for not all of the show, but for parts of the show. So, Bob, at the beginning of this film, when. Matthew Reese's character is throwing all the cocaine out into the forest and then bumps his head as he's about to exit the plane. Is that like the worst possible death you could experience? I don't know. I mean, it seems like a pretty fun, like it seems like he was having fun. He was having a good time. He he definitely seemed to have been sampling some of the product and, you know, he was probably unconscious when he actually died. So no, that seems like a pretty good death, man. I think you're right. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it's not that bad. I guess it's just more like unfortunate more than anything. Is that the most unfortunate death you think? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I think when you start sampling the product, you understand you're taking risk. Like that's, you know, that's a part of it. (laughs) So another actor in this movie is we've got good old uh, Alden Einrich, um, who here plays the grieving drug dealer, Eddie, who is sent by his dad to go secure the cocaine that Matthew Reese threw out into the uh, forest. And, you know, a couple of friends and I have kind of come around to think that like Alden Einrich is like a really great actor. And it seems like his entire career was just derailed by solo, which is, it's kind of a shame because he was good in that. It wasn't his fault that it was kind of a meh movie. Yeah. It's really a Harrison Ford thing. 
Uh, Solo falls in that same boat as the Indiana Jones Chronicles or whatever, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. It's just completely forgettable, like borderline cringe. And I think he's associated with it so much that it just tanked his career. I don't know. I mean, I like I remember the young Indiana Jones Chronicles fondly. I'm not sure if I remember it fondly enough to actually watch it, but I, right. I, I remember it fondly. <laughs> and, and trust me, that I don't think they ever refer to it in anything. So it's not like it's a it's not really canon per se. I think maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> um, he's I, I will say if you want to see a really good uh, old Nine performance, um, he plays a, a cowboy in uh, that great Coen Brothers movie from a few years back. Hail Caesar. I highly recommend that. And then another actor. So we have uh, O'Shea Jackson plays Eddie's uh, colleague, the drug dealer, David, uh, also sent to go get the cocaine. Did he remind you of anyone, Matt? Yeah, he looks like Ice Cube, which is his dad, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were we were pretty blown away. We were pretty blown away because like uh, one of my friends is like, oh, he kind of looks like Ice Cube. And then, you know, we called them racist. <laughs> and then you looked it up. And you're like, oh, it's nepotism. <laughs> Although I will say like nepotism is definitely a thing. But I mean, it's also just a thing that people do tend to stay in the same career as their parents, you know? Yeah, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> well, no, I just mean broadly. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I just mean broadly. Like, if your dad's a if your dad's like a carpenter, it's not certain that you're going to be a carpenter, but there's like a good chance you're going to be a carpenter. You know, that's true. Like, so, but is like, it nepotism because that's just what they're able to get you into? They no, I don't, they like, frequent I don't those so. circles of people, so you frequent them as well as their child, and then you end up getting into that career. No, I don't think so. I mean, in acting, yes, obviously. Yeah. But like you're you both your parents are teachers and you're a teacher. And I was around teachers like all the time. Yeah, but it's not because like you're it's not because like your your uh, parents like you know gave you the cheat code to become a teacher. Like <laughs> my my mother and my grandmother are a teacher and I'm a, we're teachers and I'm a different kind of teacher. But again, not not out of like but, nepotism. Just but I of, did okay. It's not nepotism, but I did see that they were able to survive by being a teacher. So I thought, okay, I'll just do what they did. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? no, like, yeah. No, I think it's a combination of an, of both like what you're genetically predisposed to do because of your parents and also because of the environment. Like, but yes. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I was not predisposed it, to be an athlete is what you're trying to say. Yes, that <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> and so I, I don't know, like, yeah, it, it is a little annoying that we live in an unequal society and that, you know, it, there's a lot of untalented children out there in Hollywood, but I'm just saying like, I don't think you can just say it's nepotism. I also, I also think there's an element of people do tend to do what their parents did. I agree. And I have to say this too, Bob ice cube jr. Is not a, uh, he's, he's a decent actor. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought he was one of the better parts of the, yeah. of the movie. Not, not the best part by far, but one of the better parts of the movie. Yeah. And Another then, actor here, Bob, got, good. You're good. Okay, now you go. Oh yeah. Another actor, Bob, we had was, uh, Isaiah Whitlock jr. Is detective Bob. And uh, he, he was pretty good. He gave me like, I got real, <laughs> I got Danny Glover vibes from him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fed up, fed up cop vibes. Yeah. yeah but at the same yeah, time, I don't I want you that. to call me a racist because I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, 
I, I thought I thought about going there, but I decided to just validate the the actual point you were making rather than misrepresenting you. Um, so, yeah, no, he's great, man. He um, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. is in a lot of Spike Lee stuff. He's like a he tends to be like a character actor. He shows up in a lot of Spike Lee stuff. But uh, his my two favorite roles of his are on The Wire. He plays a crooked senator uh, where he famously uh, says shit and uh he also uh, plays Donald Glover's dad on Atlanta, which is not a pretty small role, but it's a, it's a great role. Yeah. So, Matt, I, we already sort of touched on this, but did Cocaine Bear make you proud to be a Georgian? Yeah, I like immediately Google, Google mapped like how far the forest was away so that maybe one day I can go try to find that lost cocaine and turn it to the cops. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what you're going to do with yeah. it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to sell it. I mean, I, don't, <laughs> I mean, maybe I would. <laughs> That could, this was in 1985, Bob. That cocaine's long gone, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, you you, you pack it securely to ship. I also don't know. I mean, you think like, you just hang it from a tree somewhere, though, like it was in the movie? Just like, there's just cocaine I, I there. Assume, no one's found. I assume, and, I assume it's like been just fallen and buried by leaves. Okay, you, know? so you, think, you think it's underneath like the earth somewhere, like buried, probably? At yeah, this point. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 38 years. That's That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, I don't know what the I don't know what the half life of cocaine is. I mean, it doesn't seem like cocaine <laughs> would would go bad, but I, I I can't say that I know that for sure. So that's a, that's a kind of interesting question as well. Yeah. Um, so, Matt, were you uh, surprised that the cocaine bear in the big twist of the movie spoilers, spoilers for people who haven't uh, seen it? Were you surprised that the cocaine bear turned out to be both female and a mother? Oh, this was not a twist. No, I didn't think that at all. I didn't really. Like, how was that a twist? Because it's not revealed till much later in the movie, and it's. But was it? I mean, was it that important though? To uh, you that there were little cubs the on cocaine too. <laughs> it's one of the best tweets uh, about the movie. I uh, I. Uh, saw said it was uh, somebody tweeting when I find out that cocaine bear is a woman and then it was a gif of some uh, network daytime talk show host saying women's stories are so important <laughs> that that no I did not get that did not come across at all <laughs> I just thought oh there's more bears on cocaine that's all, all I thought when I saw like, the, ba- the baby bears all, all I'm saying is that Twitter and I think my friends and I all thought it was an important twist and I thought I, I, all I could think about was, damn, this is like some Goldilocks shit at this point. We're going to have like a whole family of cocaine bears. Yes. yes. <laughs> and this and, little and girl, right. this we little did. girl is hanging out in their house. I mean, that's what it boils down to. We <laughs> did. We did. We did yeah. have we did have the Goldilocks uh, cocaine bear story. And it just, it just had Ray know. Liotta with a fucking, uh, you know, sharpshooter <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Taking so, out the so, bears to save Goldilocks or trying to or not real, really to save the cocaine. Indeed, Wait, was indeed. the cocaine the porridge, Bob? The this cocaine is all making sense now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it, it's it's a tale as old as time. Uh, cocaine bear, aka Goldilocks. So, Matt, another serious <laughs> question, and, and I'm talking here now about both the cocaine bear and about Carrie Russell. Yeah. Do you think this movie pushes an unrealistic, unachievable standard for motherhood? I mean, that you tell your kid like not right now before you go to work on a night shift. 
you know, about the whole going to the waterfall thing. Like the kids wanted so bad to go to the waterfall and see this shit and paint it. Or, and then she, the mom's like, not right now. I want to, we're going to go out on a date and see a movie later. Is that okay? And the kid's like, mm-hmm. and they skip school with their like creepy little friend who knows way too much for his age. And this obviously wasn't the first time they've snuck out at some point to go, you know, Man, skip you're, school. Re- you're really, you're really hating on, uh, oh, was it Henry? I think Henry, it's Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Henry later, but to, then they travel by bike to this waterfall. And then, you know, you find out the waterfall is being guarded by a cocaine fueled bear. It, it's just, you know, <laughs> I don't see how you could be like, I don't know how you could meet that standard of motherhood, Bob. How are you going to protect your kids from that? I mean, she does kids little ass is what it boils down to. I'm just saying Carrie Russell saves her, uh, saves her, her child and her child's friend from not just the cocaine bear, but also from uh, noted gangster Ray Liotta. So I'm just saying that's a, that's a lot to ask of uh, mothers and the cocaine bear. She brings a lot of cocaine to her cubs. Also, you know, I'm saying these are, these are high standards that, you know, I don't think it's always fair to impose on all mothers. I'm just saying that. Yeah, once you get your kids addicted to cocaine, guys, you got to keep providing it for them. You can't just expect them to go find it on their own. Exactly. <laughs> so, Matt, we, as we mentioned, we have a good old Ray Liotta here. This is uh, one of his final movies. Um, it was released posthumously. Uh, R.I.P. Ray Liotta, one of the greats. Uh, you got a favorite uh, Ray Liotta movie to share with the listeners? Bob, you know I'm basic, so I'm just going to say Goodfellas. That's what it boils no, down to. That's Nothing wrong with that choice. Goodfellas is amazing. I, I was kind of hoping you would go Operation Dumbo Drop because I know you oh, like the best Leary. <laughs> no. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I, I, my, my, as great as Goodfellas is. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Narc, which, uh, a movie where Ray Liotta is a dirty cop. It's a it's a really good movie. No, oh. I don't think I've seen um, Narc, but I probably need to. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's one of Joe Carnahan's good movies. He's got some bad ones and he's got some good ones. And I would say Narc is one of the good ones. Ray Liotta is one of those guys. He'll just show up in random shit you're watching. And you're like, who is yeah. that guy? I know him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's Ray Liotta under that makeup. Or, oh, that's Ray Liotta under that wig. Like, it just He's one of those dudes. Yeah. He gets around. He gets yeah. around. So, Matt, who was your favorite major character or the, your favorite performance in this movie? I'd say uh, O'Shea Jr., uh, really set an uneven tone for this that made the movie fun. It was like yeah. funny, but it was serious at times too. And like, he was able to like go through all those different things and make it. Yeah. He kind of oscillates between like that crazy fight scene in the bathroom and annoyance at his friend, but also like, I'm going to get the cocaine. Yeah. Yes. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, at certain points, he's like, okay, uh, this shit's real. There's a bear and I probably need to shoot it. He was like one of the only characters that decided that was a good idea, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll definitely give it to uh, Margaret Martindale. Um, very, very funny performance. Um, I, I feel bad because so many of Margot Martindale's uh, performances do seem to just center, to center around how old and large she is. But, you know, it, it was still a very funny performance. Her death is absolutely horrifying in this, too. So, you know, yeah. if, if you do decide to watch this, be on the lookout for that. And you'll think yeah. she's died multiple times, but no, the final death, the final death, the last <laughs> death is just painful to look at. And there's a lot of gory uh, shit in this film. <laughs> so, this isn't that favorite? gory. It's just scary because you would think that's not a way I would ever want to die. Yeah. Yeah. So who is your uh, favorite minor character performance this movie, Matt? So like I said earlier, Bob, I was talking a little bit about Henry. I'm going to go with the, go with Henry, 
or the kid who played Henry, because his acting reminded me how fucking stupid this movie is, but it's so hard to take your eyes off the screen. Henry has some good lines and I'm not, I'm not dogging the kid, but it's like they told him like, Hey, you got to have a country accent. You know, you're from Georgia. You're a hick. And he just sounded so bad. (laughs) I thought it was was great. I thought it was great. Like my wife was in the room while I was watching this film. And that's the only time she ever piped in was when that kid came on and she just repeat what he said in like the most Southern accent possible. I mean, you've definitely heard kids talk like that, though. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I have, but it's like, I don't know. It just sounded like it was rough. That would bring me to like my favorite line of the movie, which I think or I I think was that was so messed up. That little man was an expert on bears, but he didn't know that the bear was a cocaine bear. (laughs) My favorite line from that little kid was. (laughs) My favorite line of the little kid was, bears can't climb trees. <laughs> of course they can. As the bear fucking proceeds to climb the tree and try to kill him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which leads to my favorite attack, honestly, which was when the bear's climbing the tree to get Henry, but then smells the cocaine on Peter in like the adjacent tree. Leaps. And like, yeah, like freaking like darts across to jump to the other tree. It was, it was crazy. And then hangs him upside down by his... Uh, entrails it's really, really really nasty nice nice yeah I, for my favorite like attack scene or uh, i would just have to say i love the fact that the cocaine uh sometimes makes the bear invisible yeah. <laughs> that, that was nice i didn't yeah i didn't I, know I, co- I didn't know cocaine did that but it's great apparently cocaine will make you feel invisible bobby Bob. <laughs> so just, no no not not make you feel invisible literally make oh, you you're, invisible, you're literally invisible. Like, the ba- like the bear was yeah. uh, <laughs> so bad the, the, grossest, the, gro- the grossest attack, though, Bob, that, that was one that was the that was attack I enjoyed. The grossest uh-huh. thing, though, in this film is when Ray Liotta's character, uh, his I guess spoilers, he ends up getting his guts pulled out <laughs> by the baby and, cubs. Yeah, yeah. And he's still alive. That's oh, God. Like, I almost tapped out, Bob. That was bad. You, you, you texted me complaining about that scene, and I just accused you of moral weakness. Yeah, um, when I realized there were only five out. minutes left in the film, like, there's only so much more they can do here. I mean, what else are they going to do? Have them like, play jump rope with the guts? So I'll just... Like, <laughs> uh, Matt, so other than the Ray Liotta in being uh, uh, disemboweled by baby cubs, any regrets about this movie? Oh, this is actually a fun movie. I mean, this is something you just watch to just have something stupid that you, you don't have to pay that close attention to it to keep up with what's going on. But there will be things that will make you like glue your eyes to the TV. You'll see this, this, and this bear, I think is completely CGI, right? I, I would be. assume. Yeah. yeah it, assume. it doesn't look great, but I don't care. Cause it's a stupid fun movie <laughs> and the, in the dumb subplots just, it, it, it's, it just makes it even better. It's if you want something dumb to watch, watch this, you'll, you'll enjoy it. So, Matt, when they make the sequel, do you want it to be called Cocaine Bear 2? Do you want it to be called Cocaine Sheep, Cocaine Dog, or Sleuth of Cocaine Bears? I want them to do either Cocaine Dog or Cocaine Cat. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's I fair. could. Do, I would love to watch like a Cocaine Cat film where like a cat lady accidentally gets some cocaine or something. <laughs> like all the cats in the house like are on cocaine. <laughs> they defeat their addiction. They like attack everyone that comes to the door. <laughs> try to get more nice nice <laughs> so 
obviously this uh, movie is a kind of fun twist on a great, you know, minor but great standby horror genre, the nature attacks genre. Um, what would you say your favorite nature attacks movie is, Matt? Okay, Bob, movies I've actually seen. I'd say Lake Placid, which I don't know if you're familiar with. It's, what it's like is, a, yeah, what I've alligator that, or crocodile. Know. It's either an alligator or okay. crocodile in a lake. Okay. It, it, it's just a fun out, film. Did that come out in the nineties? Yeah, it was the it was the late nineties. I think I vaguely remember a trailer for it now that you mention it. The only reason I remember it is because we went on a we went on a Boy Scout trip and all the dads uh I was by myself because like my parents never went on these trips with me and I was not prepared for this trip at all because I didn't know what I, it was going to be like freezing fucking cold. But anyway, mm-hmm. all these, all the dads that did go, they brought these like generators <laughs> so they could watch TV. <laughs> nice. In the back of their truck. That was a giant ass screen, like bigger than a TV. I'd ever, I'd ever owned at that point. I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, like boy scouts was not what you think it is with these dudes. This was like, they were just getting away from their wives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. So anyway, we all sat around and watched Lake Placid out in the woods. <laughs> that seems like the appropriate setting for that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, it was, it was weird. Uh, the other movie I'd say about was snakes on a plane. Of course, you know, everybody loves the go-to for yeah, most people. Yeah. That would be the natural comparison to cocaine. Bear. I, honestly, I have to say like, I enjoyed snakes on a plane, but uh, I'd have to say cocaine's better than snakes on a plane. Oh yeah, yeah, Co- by a long yeah. shot. So I don't. There's nothing that memorable in snakes on a plane. It's just the title is so it, catchy, and yeah, you're, and well, everybody hates snakes. So yeah, except for the memorable line from Samuel L. Jackson: "I'm tired of all these mm-hmm. motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Let's open up some windows." You got it. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> uh, one movie though, Bob, that I've never seen but has a that fits into this is called Eight Legged uh-huh. Freaks. And the only so that's re- a spider movie, I assume. Yeah. The only reason I'm aware of this film is because I went to Blockbuster when it was right at the peak, when Blockbuster was right at like the peak of how like they were just greedy and like they would charge you like 20 bucks for late fees. Like, oh, you know, like, like every yeah, like, yeah. You're a day late, you know, you're going to have this incredibly de- ridiculous charge. And every movie and game was like $10 to rent, like right at the end, just yeah, before yeah. Netflix hit. Like they were at yeah, their yeah. worst. <laughs> And then once Netflix hit with that delivery model, I think we were in like college, you know, cause I remember you getting all the DVDs in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know this, uh, Netflix used to be a delivery service for the, for yeah, DVDs. They, just, they just discontinued that part of the business too. It only took 20 years, but I mean, it, it's like, it's pretty awesome. Anyway, that's how Netflix started. So it was very odd that I, I go to check out this film. They would not let me rent it without my parents present, Bob. I drove to the Blockbuster. It was PG-13. <laughs> I never went back to Blockbuster again, Bob. And then <laughs> ever. Did you show, Did you like try to show them your driver's license? They didn't care because the account said, like, it, the account was my parents. Uh, and, and they were like, okay. they were like, uh, yeah, this, we don't know if this is really you or not, if this is your card. <laughs> So stupid. Oh, so it it was more an identity thing than an age thing. Yeah, now that you've made me think it through, Bob, that's what it was. (laughs) Oh, okay. But I was a 16-year-old, Bob, and you saw me at 16. You know what I look like. I was obviously like, you know, it was a kid going to get a movie. No, no, I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not like quite yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fuck Blockbuster. They were terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <They're awful. laughs> 
But yeah, now that you think about it, that probably is why. But at the same time, you know, it's the, give me the damn movie. They know, you know, they've read plenty of other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, silly blockbuster, silly blockbuster. Uh, I guess for my favorite Nature Attacks movie, I would, if I was going arty, there's a really funny, or not funny, but really interesting, like arty 70s sci fi movie about ants called Phase Four that uh, it's worth watching. Uh, but if I was more going schlocky and fun, um, I would go uh, Deep Blue Sea, that late 90s shark movie. It really does oh, seem like the yeah. 90s was the decade for Nature Attacks movies, <laughs> since so, so many of our examples come from there. It was the dawn of CGI. It was the dawn of CGI. <laughs> and it was right, a lot easier well, CGI animals than it was people. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Especially when those animals are on, on cocaine that gives them <laughs> invisibility powers. <laughs> well, no, Bob, we had to so, get all the way to 2023 to get the cocaine fueled CGI animals. I know, <laughs> I, know, I know. They were much calmer so, back in the day. <laughs> Just naturally well, evil. Did you ever see Anaconda? Uh, y- yes. <laughs> I, I have a... I have a horrible fear of snakes, so uh, I can't yeah, even yeah. watch a. If I watch anything with so a snake could, in it you, before I go, you to can bed, handle snakes on a plane, but not anaconda. No, no, no. I can no, no, Bob. I can handle anaconda. I can watch these films, and saying I can handle an anaconda sounds like a horrible thing to say out loud. But <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but I, if I see a snake during the day, I will have a horrible dream about a snake that night. <laughs> especially if I watch something right before bed with a snake in it. But yeah, I hate snakes. So, yeah, but I've seen Anaconda. It scared the fuck out of me. But now that I've, I've gone back and seen it as an adult, just kind of like in trailers and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, this movie was like, I don't know why I wasn't scared of that. It's not really, they don't look like snakes. They look like you've, you've processed your Anaconda trauma, Matt. Is that what you're telling? Our well, they, just, they just look bad. The snake looks bad in that yeah. film. <laughs> it just looks, yeah. it doesn't look like an actual snake. <laughs> But for that time period, maybe it probably scared the hell out of me. But for that for that time for that time period, it was more real than any other snake ever had been. Oh yeah, it was it was freaky. I remember the commercials for that movie, like when it first like came out in theaters, and scared the hell out of me. I thought, you know, (laughs) it was kind of like Predator. That's what it reminded me of. It had the same vibes as Predator. It really did. In some ways, probably just a loose remake of Predator, which is an amazing movie. Um, But yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been our coverage of uh, Cocaine Bear. Um, Hope our listeners enjoyed it. Check us out for other uh, special episodes on comics and movies as we uh, take it easy while we wait for Star Trek Strange New Worlds to return. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening.